0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we'll be continuing in our series, I guess, of talking about what's out in the field. In our spotlight, we'll take a look at some new UV light technology for corn and soybean. In our Ag History Minute, we'll continue talking about Wisconsin's June dairy breakfasts. We'll have some cool beans that's corny and some current events and wrap things up with a field good Friday. With me today are Bill Schaumburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg.
1: Hey to all the Tilties out there.
0: And I'm Matt Bruger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Todd, how's
1: your
2: JDM challenge going? Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's going, man. Every day yet? One week. <laughs> I think he's just stop. showing up with this stuff no, this morning. I, I, that's why I asked, because <laughs> I saw the same two bottles as last week. So I, was I wondering, have not...
0: That that milk bottle is actually full of coke. He's,
3: uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just prove, emptied it out.
1: Oh, the bottom's. Uh, I can prove it to Max here that it's still milk. I just saw it color. drip on the on your computer. You know, I believe yeah, you. Right. <laughs> it's going great, actually. Oh, yeah. No, it was. The first couple days were just different, getting used to your. You know, usually I'm, a couple of cokes a day, and yep. I'll drink a lot of milk too. Glad lot you lot finally kicked your Coke yep, habit. Yeah, I, I did kick my <laughs> Coke It was very concerning. Yes. We were all worried. Well, what, what crazy, what's crazy with this Coke habit switching was like drinking, you know, regular milk. That's good. But grocery, you know, at the at Quick Trip, I'll get Quick Trip milk. And I'll get uh, Lamer's milk if they got it at some gas stations. But there's, it's actually hard just to find the milk. That's been my biggest trick. And fair life is like everywhere. Trick. Sure. Because and then because like, it's it's shelf well, stable. That's it's I mean, shelf right. So yeah. that's great. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And I thought I remembered who owned Fairlife. And then I looked it up again. Coca Cola and Coca Cola yeah. owns Fairlife. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so I'm like, I kicked my Coke habit only to go back. To, <laughs> right. you know, You're still giving Coca Cola your money? <laughs> no, just right. for a different. Product. I was like, oh man. So yeah, the, the drinking the Fairlife stuff, the Lamer stuff, every, everything. More strawberry milk. I used to not like strawberry milk that much because it. Yeah, for milk and cows, and it reminded me of bloody milk, <laughs> <laughs> ah, a little pink milk. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, you, yeah, that you gonna, weren't supposed to drink that strawberry. i get though, it Todd. over it. Yes, uh, that was supposed to go that. down the drain, Todd. <laughs> so no, going good so far. One week strong of JDM challenge. So well now, and I wasn't sure I could do it for a week. So once I did it for a week, I'm like, I could do it all month. That'll be easy. The weirdest thing was actually like, go like restaurants or bars like. Like, Amico's in Bondoel ate there, like, a Saturday night with the kids after school was done this, you know, for the year, and you'd think they, like... You had to go water. Wait, right, I had to go water, because, um, like, do you have any milk? Like, no. And it was just... Like, that's just uh That's okay. I brought my own. You know, like... <laughs> I've thought of that, too. Like, is it weird to bring your own? Yes, it's weird. But, yeah, enough places, like, just don't have it. And Yeah, it's not really it's, as common. It, that's unfortunate. It's yeah. almost yeah. like the
2: fast
3: food joints do with the kids' meal. Like yeah,
2: McDonald's or yeah, Culver's. Culver's, you can get
3: the little chugs. There's less milk, I think, now in restaurants and stuff than when I was a kid. Yeah. A place like Amico's when I was a kid definitely would have had, had milk. Right. Yeah. They would have had a jug somewhere. Because we drank probably, milk when I was a kid. Anytime we went out to eat, we didn't get yeah. soda, we got milk.
1: In there, too, it was probably, like, old or almost expired. Usually they pulled some jug. Oh, it probably was expired
3: three-quarters of the time, but it was froze. They just had the thought out a little bit before they poured your (laughs) glass. That's why it was ice cold. You guys remember when this was Grandma's Diner in Seymour here? Granny's. Or Granny's, whatever it was, yeah. I remember they used to have the best chocolate milk. Drinking milk. Used to hammer the chocolate milk at Granny's. Really cold, is that why? Yeah, it was cold and it was really thick. Yeah. I remember hammering chocolate milk at Granny's. I don't remember any of the food there, but I can remember drinking chocolate the chocolate milk. milk. I remember that very clearly. In those like funny color, like brown yeah. stained glasses, yeah, yep. yep. plastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Applebee's, I think has like a red version, but there, yep. there was a brown at Granny's. What I remember, so yeah.
1: That that Guernsey Girls in Freedom, they got a mean chocolate milk. Oh yeah, I was in ch- Freedom this week. I'm like, I'll stop there, grab some and. Did, it Did hurt they have you? a store it right was, in the? They have like a little shop. Yeah, yeah. you can buy milk and eggs and curds. Stuff. Usually, there's curds. I didn't in notice there. the curds. Did you feel
0: different drinking A2 milk? I, I'd,
1: yes, felt way different. It was, stronger. Yeah, no A1. It was just <laughs> it was that much better. No, I, I, yeah, it was. It was all whole milk, which I should have thought of. Duh, they don't, you know, bring it down to two percent, right? Like, so yeah, they had like whole milk. Whole chocolate milk and whole strawberry milk. That doesn't sound like a problem to me. I don't know what your problem is. Yeah. Yeah. There there was somebody in there buying... You like drinking watery milk. Buying like... Well, the lady, this Guernsey girl, said they must sell to a lot of restaurants because they'll use... I I don't know. Somebody had a huge order in there from a restaurant in Kakana, 40, 40 bags, which apparently was a lot. We, so, I think yes. we for
3: the freedom wrestling tournament this year, we ordered all our milk from the friends and girls. Yeah,
0: is it, is it like the old like nature's touch bags? You I, right, it, I you don't ever know. have those but where like, you you like cut the corner off yeah, and you put it in the pitcher.
2: Does do the quick trip
0: even do that anymore?
2: Oh yeah, you can still you, get. Bags? Oh yeah, yeah. You're right
0: though. I
3: haven't noticed it down. I don't think it's in every store. And they don't yeah. have they don't have the pitchers sitting in there yeah. anymore. Yeah, but they I do th- still sell bag milk.
1: So, quick trips finally caved though to, to big the, plastic. Yep. <laughs> big well, pl- the bags
3: were still plastic,
1: Dad. True. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> wasn't <laughs> like
3: it wasn't. They actually bought a milk carton producing plant. So, Probably,
1: yeah, you're right. Milk cartons. Where do you even see those anymore? I'm actually
3: surprised it didn't because when there was the plastic bottle yeah.
0: shortage, that they yeah, didn't go they to go more back to cartons more. They
2: still here. get
1: them in cartons in school,
3: right? I think so. Yeah. They still get milk at school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that though, is...
1: Like there's something right now going down where they're trying to get rid of chocolate milk in schools. Yeah, because you know like what some health thing, the, and you, the, you know the, what, and that would be—is
2: it like the American Dental Society or something? Well, they want chocolate milk. I'm That's sure. true,
3: right? This is like the whole like the Michelle Obama get school lunch healthier. I don't know. I have no idea who's behind it, but I'm just gonna blame Joe Biden. Do not touch the chocolate milk in the schools. <laughs> Leave it alone. We need the milk. Yeah. Especially chocolate milk. That <sighs> one was lunch break every day. Mm. That was; no those were the best sweet. times.
2: And you, could take two. At least I could take two at lunch. Yeah, that, but we had
3: we had milk break. Oh, just straight at up like nine thirty in the morning. They came to every I bet room. You didn't get fresh bread, though.
0: They they don't come around to the room anymore. They send kids to go get it.
3: Well, like no, they. So if you were, yeah, you had to be a milk. You were a milkman. For the week, <laughs> and you got to take a like a red like wagon down, and then you filled up each class's bins, and like they had ordered like you could get chocolate, or you get one percent or two percent, I think, and get whatever you wanted. I got chocolate. Ours, ours is always just white or chocolate. I don't remember yeah, what percentage right. it was. I think
0: it was just it was two percent. Yeah. I assume, yeah, it was not whole. It was two
1: percent, just the because it's like it's the, the default, middle of the road. I think, yeah yeah because yeah, whole is a little weird, and then like it's one percent or two percent, I suppose, is the default. But they got to have skim in schools now.
3: Oh, yeah. They definitely I don't do. know. Yeah, I would think. My mom drinks skim milk. Might as well just drink water.
1: I, it's 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 mostly water. Uh, okay, I put it this way. In the week of the JDM Challenge, I have still not drank skim milk. So I haven't been like, oh, I really want to skim. So, yeah.
0: I've no. never uttered those words ever in my <laughs> life. I want the skim it's like, a, it's like, oh, all you have is skim? Okay. It's more likely <laughs> yeah. to come out of my mouth than, oh, I need some skim milk. Yeah. Mm-mm. Is it going to rain? Well, we've been over a month now without rain, so hopefully <laughs> not, it, not is rain.
3: Yep. it is damn dry. Yeah. I think that's probably an understatement, dry.
1: Yeah, drought monitor out showing. Serious drought. Yeah, southern
0: Wisconsin's in D1. The rest of the state was, I think, flirting,
3: but still a D0. The
0: last one I saw,
3: anyway. Well, that little shot of rain that some people got on Tuesday, I think, kind of saved them.
0: Yeah, there were spots like Wopak, I think, got almost an inch. But then you go just a little bit outside and there was very
1: isolated showers and. If I hear that, any more scattered, isolated, spotty showers is getting really old to hear. Yeah, it
3: looks like Portage County and... Which Portage, Wisconsin is not in Portage County, guys, just so you know. Wood County,
0: good chunk of Clark County, and the eastern edge of Jackson County are all, like, not in a drought. And that little blip in Brown County now is gone. And then there's like a little bit around Lake Winnebago that's cleared out, but and way up north there's a couple spots. But otherwise, how, everything else. How is, is
1: Door County not? That doesn't even make sense. Like you said, Matt, Door County went longer.
0: Right. They've with without rain, and did they get recent rains? Maybe, maybe? I don't know. It just seems odd. Maybe maybe the lake just. Throws off the drought monitor. It's surrounded by water. How could it be dry? I don't understand. That's
3: a I I think that's probably why Lake Winnebago doesn't have drought right up to the edges of it. Yeah. But there are some of
1: those literally those showers went around or like they blew up on Lake of Winnebago and gate, you know, Fond du Lac and right. Sherwood and all the towns around it. Oshkosh got rain.
2: Yeah, that was our day that our guy was in Stockbridge and he was just getting hammered, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, so it's been spotty, and the hard part is where people did get showers. They still could use rain. yet, yeah, you know, even getting that shot of rain. So it is dry.
0: Yeah, at least the temperatures have
1: come back down,
0: subsided yeah. a little bit. We're not almost ninety every day, so that's helping a little bit. And there was actually dew on the grass this morning, which was wow. I kind of forgot that existed. From the last few weeks, so it's good to see that my shoes got a little wet. It's, so there's hope, I guess, but still waiting for that that rain shower to show up.
1: I think we're all that speechless on it. There's just yeah. nothing. Like, yeah, we've lived through dry spells, and like we're still probably more technically in just a really long dry spell, and we're approaching drought. So hopefully hopefully this podcast doesn't like age well, that we do get <laughs> yeah. rain over this weekend. And they're like, oh, I remember when we were worried about when it was a little dry. And Next week we'll be going,
2: is it
0: going to rain again?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Or, well, is, or is it going to rain at all? Know. Two years ago is was what? We went about three weeks in June. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Give yeah. or take. July 4th it just came. And then it was like, oh, oh I really hope we get rain. And then we finally did. But now like... And that... That wasn't, like, crazy because it wasn't from the beginning of the season. Like, this has been from the from beginning McKinney, of the yes. season. Like, like, emergence. Like, as soon as everything dried out enough to be planted, it just stopped. The faucet stopped. Yeah.
2: The emergence issues weren't that bad that year right. versus what we have today. Right.
1: No. Right. We're just hoping to get some rain, yeah, to, to bring up some of these populations and germinate this dry seed. So, you're right. right it's different.
0: And hopefully not have too many harvest issues with... A month different in in, in emergence (laughs) with some plants. But anyway, that's more to do with our topic. So let's get into that. So, what do we got for this week, guys?
2: We're kind of going off the same theme, right? Of just, uh, I'm going to call it mailbag.
0: Like whatever. uh, Mailbag. Yeah. Like we don't have a sound. Is this Blues Clues? uh, Yeah. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got an issue. <laughs> Wonder what it <laughs> was. Just one? <laughs> I
2: think we've got multiple. Yeah. Anybody got Resicore problems? I didn't yeah. spray any this year. Okay, that's good. Didn't spray any this year. Todd, you kind of started. Like, yeah, I had heard early, early on back
1: when about this and then looking on Egg Talk, seeing some other guys talking about it back in like early June. Um Late May was when the... But I had kind of seen it before that. And I know some of the, the the reps for ResiCore were out kind of saying it's... From what it sounds like, there was a bad batch from the factory of it that didn't get screened properly, so it's starting to gum up sprayers. And that's what's odd about this, is not everybody would have gotten technically the same product. So you might have Resicor excel and it worked great and you're like well no i'm fine and your neighbor that got a different shipment might be having all kinds of problems so and i'll be
2: curious how it shakes out because i had i have two main clients that run it and they probably have five thousand acres between them of corn and one got it from one supplier that got it early and knew that it was bad and the other supplier got it from the co-op and they got it later and the co-op said they didn't have an issue so don't worry about it well needless to say they're both having issues and sure. they both like sent product like the original stuff back and got new stuff added surfactant it's still not working i did have one client say that the the rep told them like mixing order is important
1: sure Sure, they like put the so resin up.
2: Yeah, like the Resicore should go in last. Surfactant first and resicor last. And that was helping them some.
0: Yeah, the farm I had that was dealing with it was throwing atrazine in with the, the resicor. Couldn't spray it, was just gumming up the sprayer like crazy. They took the <clears throat> atrazine out, they tried surfactant, didn't really do much. So they could spray it without the atrazine in it, but they it screwed up their spray so they had to like go like no faster than, I remember if it was even five miles an hour, like they had to go slow, slow to and then it would work all right.
2: And I, the atrazine wasn't making a difference. I thought that was the case too because the guy that was really complaining was a custom sprayer and we were we had atrazine in and then I asked my farmer guy who sprayed it and he, we don't do atrazine there and he had the same issues. So sure. my experience was the atrazine didn't matter.
1: And then one thing that, that i've seen helping is the screen size sounded like that was a huge huge. it yeah, made a big yeah. difference so going you know if you're using 80 mesh screen drop into 50 or 30 was a huge difference so that's probably somewhere easy to just start if you're having that problem but just take the screens right out it's fine leave it out but yeah that <laughs> that one will be it, it's tricky with that too. of if certain things are working for some guys and not others, that's right. very fr- frustrating and difficult then to, to sort of trace to what some of the, like there's multiple solutions, which is maybe good and bad, but
2: I'll be curious what this does to the, to Rezacor itself. Like if people say, well,
1: I'm bailing on it next year and I'm going to go to something else or that's or, hard with that. Cause we've had other premixes do things. Yeah. That, and then for the next guy, they won't do it. So that that's always been a hard experience. Like one person last year was like, Ak- Akron GT settled out, so I'm not using it this year. And But that happened to one or two guys, and it just wasn't a big problem. And then, they, like I said, it seems like these chem companies are coming up with pretty good response, you know, trying to respond to yep. it to have some fixes for it. But, yeah, that that's... Uh, got, but the sprayer guy that dealt with it, he will probably never spray it again specifically because once you deal with cleaning out one yeah. of those sprayers like that, that you're not... And It's definitely not a fun job. No, no, no. Once you have problems like that, you're, you are done using that. And like, my
2: experience too was the one guy that was complaining the most was a custom applicator. So he's just seeing efficiency, acres he's losing, sure. all the work he has to clean out and going... Why didn't the farmer just spend five bucks an acre more and get Acuron or something else? Right, we went with the cheapest of the couple that we bit, that we purchased or that we um, bid it out. Whereas the the other farmer I was talking to who sprays his own, he's like, "Yeah, it was like twenty or thirty thousand I saved by going with this. I'll deal with a little bit of hassle, knowing that's a lot of money for us. So there's that little bit to play with too. Because I have a feeling if I go with the ResiCore on the farm that has a custom applicator next year, we might be looking for a different custom applicator.
3: How much is the headache worth? Correct.
1: The other trick that's going around that I swear somebody said they seen on TikTok was using Dawn dish soap, like the blue Dawn dish soap. So, just, so the problem
0: is grease in yeah, the reservoir. Well,
1: yeah. Something with how, yeah, like a oil, okay. like a squirt it of slips that slips it through. Yeah. So Dawn uh, like a slip and slide. And that through that the apparently for like Akron as well. Like,
0: well, what if you use the new Dawn Power Wash? Does Ooh, that
1: yeah, add, that's the, 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 foam, the foaming stuff. The foaming yeah. stuff. yeah.
3: So Dawn dish soap. That's uh, that's the Food Plotter's guide to surfactant. <laughs> that's like the homemade. Well, that's homemade surfactant for like if on the, all the Food Plot pages they're like. Just just put a shot of Dawn dish soap no. in your Roundup will work I've, better.
1: I've, when I'm spraying Roundup around the yard, I'll chuck Dawn dish soap. So what, what do you do, just like one squirt? What, like, of that, yeah. when I'm just doing that. I know guys that'll get go to, say, Costco or Sam's and get a whole bunch of them for squirting in there. But, yeah, that seems to be... You ever be tried
3: diesel fuel <laughs> for <laughs> to surfactant? Kill, to kill bugs, I have. Yeah. Nah, diesel fuel for surfactant. surfactant. There's guys who say that, too. I've never tried it. Just don't
0: smoke and spray. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of residual herbicides, I know with the activation talk we've had the last couple weeks, we've been kind of hoping and wishing for rain all this time to activate what's out there. And in some cases, we've pulled it. So is now the time with the potential rain coming this weekend? Is Time to ride the residual train. I jumped on.
2: Yes, Max is rolling I mean, his eyes I like
3: I did. I jumped on a lot of them. It, the corn residual trains. It was this. We have soybeans that are weedy. Yeah. We need. We need to do something. Are we going to add the residual in and pray that it makes it long enough? That was the more where I was more. Mm. But I pulled a lot the trigger on a lot of corn residuals this week. I feel like
1: that's been a tough call because as agronomists, we're, we're making agronomy decisions. And this is this is out of our hands. Like, we're just looking at a weather forecast. Yeah, right. I, so we're kind of trusting the forecasters. We're trusting that, you know, you, you're going to get something. When you're managing and,
2: timing, too, right? Like, it's, right. it's greening up. It's getting fuzzy. It needs to die. Well, we're going across it. Let's get it in because maybe we don't get the cop to come back. You know they're busy doing other stuff or whatever it may be we don't want a second pass and go oh we should have did should have done it
3: I've been extremely honest uh, with guys making decisions this year not that I'm not honest but mo- I've been more like talking them through the decision-making process on some of this because it's not an ag- agronomic decision right now it's, it's not it's uh what do you it's, do you do if you believe it's gonna rain then let's do it if you don't then maybe it's not worth it. Like it that's kind of what it comes down to. And you understanding what the what the what the bad outcomes are. You know, normally the bad outcomes is maybe the weeds don't die. And whatever. Now the bad outcome is still the weeds don't die, but it's a more expensive
1: Well, here here's what I think is really this is already gonna be the most expensive crap these guys ever produce. Yeah. So you got that going in, and then all of a sudden every week you're talking about spray decisions, and spray has also gone up in price. You know, it's down currently, but within the last five, ten years, it's still quite a bit higher. So all of a sudden you're adding, well, okay, we'll, if this doesn't work, we'll have to pay another spray pass and this and this. You know, and you start adding those right. and they, nickel and diming right, the crop, right? Yeah, and it's and it's just getting to be where you're trying to sort of pinch pennies but at the same time not cheap out too much where you're not getting good control so it's that fine balance of of cost versus getting control and that's been hard always but you put into this where you got no rain to activate and you might have already spent quite a bit on say a first pass to chem and you just got to realize like that's gone some you know like it just didn't work
2: and i I hope you guys and i have been prepping the residual only guys that get out there right after planting. You know, because I did have some guys that were just gonna like, yep, that's what we do. It's like we probably are gonna have to come back now. Yeah, I mean, it, like yeah. just prepare yourself. Some
1: like, of those guys I was able to hold off. Yeah, and then well, we went this week. You know, with a, they were say an acuron guy, and we said okay, let's just wait. And then now we went acuron with Roundup, or, and that worked. We'll see. But so the jury's still out on that, even yeah. whether it was worth waiting. But that's been a tricky game too, that you keep playing this game of waiting, waiting, waiting. And sooner or later, eventually you, you either miss. have to do it or shit or get off the pot. Yeah.
3: Well, the yeah. early, early stuff that went in, we were kind of doing it still because we're like, yeah, well, it's going right. to rain. It always yeah. rains, right. You know, and then after you get, you know, five, 600 acres sprayed on a couple of farms and it, now it hasn't rained for two weeks. You're like, Oh, eh, maybe we just hold off for a little bit and see kind of where this goes. So, so, most of the corn, right, went in
2: around here anyway. Like the eighth, ninth, tenth, somewhere in there, right. To like that's kind of when it got started. Start, yeah.
1: Most of it went so in. So like, if the you're, following,
2: you're planting like 15th, Monday yeah. the fifteenth of May, you know you just bought yourself three weeks of in the back end if you didn't If you didn't spray right, if we're going now, like you bought right. yourself three weeks in the for future us. I, I,
3: I've been pounding on this table f- on this whole deal for like two years now about these early post sprays with corn versus that spray in the black dirt stuff. And I think that it's a better bang for our buck.
2: And historically, like like rewinding my brain back to my co-op days, like we were always so fearful that we'd get to this time of year and, it was, and we'd be screwed. Like it yeah, would Max, you've,
1: you've well, 2019 was like that, but that is hard when everybody banks on the row and go or early post. And then you can't and then because you can't. it doesn't yeah. stop raining. Or or it tends to be drier then than it is at sure. planting. So yeah, you spray it and then you still don't get rain to activate we, it. So it what I what I do like about what's going on is I do feel like there's multiple people, multiple camps, which we need that. We need yeah. we need co-ops able to spray right away and maybe go a plan two pass where they're getting a little resistant. I'm surprised down, the that term Todd
2: never caught on row and go. I like the rowing row and, row and term, go term,
1: yes. I mean that's I think was that Caprino that started? Probably. That? I feel like that was yeah. the first I remember hearing. Because you'd think those well, old
2: timers with those like thirty foot sprayers that had to count rows, like that would just right. be
3: like, Yep, yeah, we're rowing and going today. Like you know you know when I heard this week? Uh oh. If you can row it, you can hoe it. But <laughs> the old that's the old rotary hoe model right yeah. there. <laughs> if you can row it, you can hoe it.
2: Haven't had to use that this year. Oh,
3: we I busted her out a couple times yeah. this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, did you bust the rotary hole <laughs> with all this hard soil? Every right, time, right time now, you, you, pull you probably in the driveway, would if you tried every, to get. Every time there.
3: you pull in the driveway and you see it there, you just send shivers down your spine. <sighs> well, that it's this is a good I think way to transition
0: into our next one about carryover. Like the later you get in the season, your plant back restrictions don't start when your corn's planted; it's when your chemicals sprayed and activated. So are by the later we go, are we cutting ourselves off from options? Like, are we screwing future us as much as we're saving future
2: yeah, us? Yeah, I think that could be an issue. I had a guy bring that up, like, oh, is that rate's a little stiff. Are you worried about carryover? And I'm like, ooh, good call. Like, I should have been thinking about that, and I really wasn't because we're just so focused on weed control.
1: That's the tough part with the... You want clean fields but you need it to go away sooner or later too So it's right. this both like double-edged sword that way but i agree matt we've been especially i planned out more 2024 alfalfa fields this year than ever because, sure, because, no one, because okay yep. hey we're going to hay next year okay yeah we're gonna let's pull the atrazine on that one and we're gonna do it kind of like a two pass and cut the miso back maybe a little we did bit. right cut the miso um some of them you know, we actually up the rate of dual than what we were planning or used dual when we weren't planning on. So kind of trying to make sure, you know, those considerations were taken. Um, and then, the, you know, the beans too, I think that's a big one to watch of just how, yeah, what you're doing for spray so that you know, for next year you're maybe not overdoing stuff.
0: Yeah, it's always a consideration, like you mentioned, 19... That was a year where all of a sudden, the following spring, we were seeing some issues in the alfalfa fields. Like, oh, yeah, we sprayed really late last year. Like, yeah.
1: oh, you know. And the good part, we're not really late yet. Right. No, this but is, we're it's not, still But it's still knowing your, your rates versus being, okay, we're in mid-June. I'm going to back down, you know, say from three ounces to Callisto to two just to right. lessen my but four, chances of carryover. four months to
0: wheat from well, yes, May fifth to June fifth right is is, is a way different consideration in the fall, I think that's probably the bigger the bigger one for that it even affects later this year is you know thinking about this when we're planting wheat in the fall and making sure we didn't do anything to kind of mess that up and then our old friends, the army worm, I know bill you. Some yep, some issues in some rye this yep. year. It was uh, actually the worst stuff
2: was some like perennial grass that they use for forage instead of alfalfa. Okay, we burned that off, and literally, like you're talking like six army worms per square two inches. Whoa, Ooh. like legitimate. I've seen like per square like, foot that much. Yeah, like not. you pulled the grass away, and you're like, whoa. And it was like boom, 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 boom. So the field was crawling literally oh um, yeah that was the joke between the group that was looking at fields like this is why they call them army worms and and then of course the farmer was digging and he pulled out like a big sucker like it would have been like fish bait it was like as big around as a pencil and probably three inches long he's like Whoa, that's so gross and is <laughs> so but it was in like rye that we planted green really tall rye sprayed rolled down and then the Army worms were feeding, and of course, the plants are like what spiking to one inch, so it's like, like if we it, don't kill this, that's a gonna, very critical yeah. stage, yeah. Right? Like, or they're like ta- straw. Tell I, mean, I, I mean, mean, have seen that, yes,
1: before. yes, we have. Luckily, it seems like usually there's enough other stuff there that they're like eating, yeah. But this, and was, I've had them eat them off, and the growing point cylinder that they'll come yeah, back, yeah. But you've got to be if you miss that time, you're all, yeah. the, all the birds in that neighborhood should be yeah. very happy. Yeah. Were
2: there, yeah. Got, yeah, was there much the, birds? No, co- really? but because they were like microscopic, like they were
3: small. Sure. Like, so you guys were really lucky to be there that day, that time. Yeah. Like, yep. Because that, that small, you know, they, they they just showed up like right. that morning, you know? Right. And I'm a little bit
2: nervous about, because I told the sprayer guy, I'm like, I know it sucks but maybe you should get up early like it's their farmers right so they're up early anyway but like do it in the morning or the evening mm-hmm. when they're more active because i went back to the same fields like at two and not like you had to really dig in the soil to find them like sure. they're burrowing in the soil Could you see
1: their feeding then to you know like a lot of times you like i can't find them but there's yeah. very distinct just think evidence yeah of- of them being fresh. Right. Yeah, and okay. you could
2: see, like, if you really looked on the ground, I was like, oh, there's, like, I was telling the farmer, like, oh, there's the, what, frass they call yeah. it, the crap. Yeah. You know, like the little scary
0: green looking stuff. So. Well, sometimes when there's cover there enough that they don't have to go into the soil, at least you might be able to catch them above ground with yeah. the spray a little bit easier than. So you
2: know, I, I told him to, you know, go, we chose Mustang Max, no. It's just that's what they were using. So we chose that. We went as high as we could go, I think up to four ounces. And I told them to just get a lot of coverage there, hoping that we'll catch through the trash. You know, it's not like a a, um, black cutworm issue where it's like it was a hay field, we plowed it up, now it's black dirt, and you can see the feeding. Where you just take a, little, you know, you can just kick a little dirt away and you see find them. Find yeah. them, right? This is like an inch of material you're trying to get through to get to
3: it. So, I've been, I was very pleased. You were sending that, and I panicked, <laughs> and I went to my normal like I, that day. I was actually at my. Is that num-
2: a, a normal agronomist? Oh. But like one guy like sends something and then like just wait. freaks
3: out. Yeah. I'm, so wait, I have to ask you guys this now that you brought that up. Did you guys panic yesterday when I sent you the picture of that corn that got sprayed off? Or did you not see it?
1: I saw it, but I didn't. That have I guess less doing. so because that's it's more. So I was or, too busy more doing of other sp- stuff. An operator but.
0: issue than it is a a wildlife and or insect issue. Anyway,
3: so I went right away. I was I was at my like. Number one farm for armyworm every year. I feel like we find it there that day. Like you sent it, and I was there in like half an hour, just the way my schedule was working. And man, was I happy to not find any armyworm. Like, no, was say Very I pleased. Did yeah. Did
1: the same. Yeah. I'm like, okay, where do we plant in a rye? Let's go look at some of those. And so we all, like, we um,
2: obviously, everybody's got group chats, right? So just to update everybody listening, like we have a tilt one. So every day somebody's putting something out, right? And then gets everybody else jacked up like oh shit that might be my problem too and then you freak out and
0: like you guys it was you were happy to see that you didn't yeah i was watching every rye field i was in after that and didn't see any
1: that Thank so me. what do you just that flight was specific to that area and it that must can have been well, i yeah. think with the
0: grass being a perennial grass true you and get more and green if it's more
1: gra- you're right yeah you're right. Those, and, uh, and and in hay fields, we're seeing them here and there, yep. especially hay fields I, with I've, grass. Yeah, I'm finding sweeping you know, hay. Right. I found some army. We're finding there. some. Yeah. And not enough not to be... like a, that. No. But
2: yeah. but but the, and the, even with the rye, guys, the damage, the feeding, and the ones that we found, like there was some fields that the rye wasn't very thick, and we didn't get manure on it, so it didn't, wasn't as vigorously growing sure. in April. But the fields that were thicker and got manure were the ones that... Were, you know, there was better rye. More
1: yeah. So they probably were more attractive to the. That that brings up another like interesting with the with not getting any rains and especially not getting any storms from the south. They've been kind of coming north. Is like leafhoppers counts are way down because yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. not getting. You know, I mean they're here. Don't get me wrong, but. That'll be interesting, too, with, like, Army Worm is, like, I'm sure those are early flights. Right. And those are flights, so they're a little different than tracking a, You know, a leaf hopper gets pushed up by a storm. But in general, it'll be interesting how that changes because in the last 30 days, we wouldn't have had sort of that weather to push them here necessarily. But, yeah, it's, Army Worm is still the puts fear in every agronomist because we all have seen a field where it just went overnight, went from being beautiful to just decimated. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly gone. All right. We
0: talked about this last week, a little bit interceding, still not looking good. I mean, there is rain in the forecast, but our soils are so dry seeing two to three inches to moisture in a lot of places. Um, potentially soil is turning hydrophobic where it's going to take more rain just to get anything to get in the ground. At this point, it's just not. Tell, uh, him,
1: tell him, what what exactly does that mean, Matt? Yeah, that's interesting. Hydrophobic? Yeah. because yeah,
0: so That's it, when the soil won't. Scared if, of water? If, if yeah. you've ever, yeah. If you've ever seen, like, when you just drop water and it beads off, like the soil, like when you get a really dry house plant or something, like, oh, I forgot to water this for a while, and it just kind of, like, beads and starts to move to the side instead of just, you know, hitting and soaking right in, that's, that's hydrophobic. So it's it's not accepting the water, and so it takes and it, more it's water in a slower water. Like, the hard rain isn't sure. going to help. It's not going to pound the water into the ground. You almost need, like, a slow soaker to kind of help get it to start just that it's
2: surface that, getting... It's
1: the, just going to, like, run to those
0: the half an inch cracks that
1: right, are in Right, if you have the cracks you there, which cracks a lot of like them do. But like sandy soil, I know will get hydrophobic more often or can. And yep. like you say, it's almost like it's sealing itself off to hold in the moisture it does have. Right. And then when we do get moisture, you know, that, that you tend to need more rain, which, talking to Max about this, was I got some fields that got a half inch and it was able to germinate the beans or corn. Um, inch spots that did get the inch. Was also for you know that looked great, but you guys had spots with that same and it didn't work, yeah. so it's this tricky part of you think, like, oh, as long as we get a half inch or inch, we'll be all right, but depending how much of your soil it takes, if how had, well it takes, if it, you had right? really
3: good uh closure on, the, on your seed trenches and stuff like that, and you know, you got really dry conditions, not so much, yeah. Some of the you know areas where the trenches didn't quite make it all the way closed, if that got a half inch, and that seemed to be okay. But, you know, the trench also isn't closed, so how okay is it really, I guess? But, yeah. yeah. The, the
1: weird part is, like, literally, like, you look up how to fix a hydrophobic soil, and it's a gentle, steady rain. Right. It can't be. Or, or like, re-wetting. Like, yeah. But that's... This isn't... Yeah, that's what's weird about it is we we need sort of that slow rain to fix it, and then you get another rain, and then that would soak it in. Right. So we're we're at a point
0: of and temperatures at least have been a little cooler this week. They're looking cooler over the weekend, but then we're right back up in the 80s and the hotter it is, the the more eat you know, evapotranspiration we get, it's going to matter how much rain we've gotten, how fast that's going to evaporate or soak in. Uh you know, it's going to go on both ends. Like the plants will take it up, so you want to probably mitigate that by having Less competition. That's why we kill weeds and everything else out in fields. So at this point, it, interseeding is is a a maybe. Do you think to you can even not. get the interseeder in the ground? Right, and that's the other part. Some some of the heavier ground is so hard, like rock hard on top. It's it's interesting, and I I said this to a farmer yesterday, and I don't know what you guys feel, but I don't remember a year getting this far into the season where the field other than the plants coming out of the ground, look exactly the same as the day they were planted. Like, you can find rows, the top's still crumbly. Like, usually we get at least one one or two oh, rains yeah. that kind of even everything out. It looks the same as the day you planted Some it.
1: Some of those sprayer tracks, too, it's like, oh. Like, I'll go uh, look, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this was sprayed, like, three weeks ago, but my crew will be there like, oh, looks like a fairly fresh spray <laughs> track, you know, when was spraying, like, no, it's, yeah, it's been like three, three weeks, weeks ago. So <laughs>
3: I've been asking more this year than I normally do for, right, like, right. hey, when did, you, when did you spray that? Because, like, to me it was sprayed yesterday, but it also could have been sprayed last week, you know.
0: Yeah, that conversation, it was, you know, and I feel like I've had this conversation with a number of farmers, but in particular yesterday was, the way he put it was, normally, in a normal year, you know, our sins get kind of covered up, but this year all our sins are laid bare for everyone to see for the last month. And, Sounds like a sermon you got. Yeah, yeah. I know it does. But it, you know, all your emergence issues, your you know, you can see everything that happened in the field the day you planted because of the fact that we just haven't had rain to kind of cover some of that up. I mean, you can see where there's seed on top of the ground yet. That yeah, which blows my mind. I would have thought cranes or something would have come through and eaten that by now. But there are still spots you find seed on the ground. And it's just... It,
2: they don't want that hard, crusty seed. Right. They want the stuff in the ground
0: that's a fuzz. Moist. It's, it's like when we wash off fruit and stuff, right? They want it to have at least a little water over the top right. before they, they bite into it. Um, Which goes into, yeah, the dry pockets. When will they germinate? What's it going to mean for fall? We're now a month in. So we have corn that it's a month behind everything else. Not that as we've been growing gangbusters necessarily, even with the extra heat units and everything else um but yeah, that's probably gonna make a difference for high moisture in in green fields potentially when you've got anywhere from one to three or four thousand plants per acre all of a sudden popping up on the late side um I think some guys were just not worried about that yet right. because
2: we're. Worried that we're not even going to make it there. Right. Like, Max, you and I were talking about guys going to chop wheat.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: We're not even going to make it to harvest
0: because we're going to dry up. Nope. So there's there's some ugly wheat, especially to the south in the sandy areas, like Montello, Princeton. I don't know. There's much wheat down in the central sands that you've seen that's not under pivot. I mean, if it's under irrigation, at least I guess you're limping it along at this point. But dry land, sand... It's it's kind of ugly. All right. Mm-hmm. last thing to remember here is the, a lot of these things we're talking about, they're all moisture-related issues. They're not things that we can control. So, you know, if we can't... doesn't really pay to replant when there's no moisture out there. Same reason we're not interseeding, so... Be good to yourself. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame anybody else. It's it's just nature. Try to try to look at the positives. I know it's hard to do this time of year when we've been waiting so long for rain, but there is hope and just gotta keep going. So
1: I agree with that, Matt. Is I think the guy is keeping the positive out there in that most of your corn is probably emerged. Some of your beans are probably emerged. Like it's doing the best it can out there and you did the best you could through the conditions and keeping that um, positivity through that. I know talking to guys about how they got through 88 and a lot of it was, was no, we just did everything we could to get through it and we made it and we were sort of stronger for it, you know, after they, after making it through. So it's, it is a tricky part to deal with because you know, you need that crop to grow and you need it to do it, but when it's out of your hands and you did all you could, that, that it like you say, Matt, keep yep. that positivity there as much as you can. It was a great year for making dry first crop. Yeah. <laughs> Even dry hay. Very positive. Crop. Very right positive. Right there.
2: Right I saw right there, a lot yep. of big bales flowing no, like in the yes. last two weeks. Like that never happens in Maine. First you nope, ever. Yeah. No. Yep. Never.
0: So all right. Let's move into our spotlight for today. All right, UV light, ultraviolet light technology for corn and soybean seeds. Biolumic has some UV light technology that will soon provide farmers with a new category of seed treatment for corn and soybean seed production. How it works is the UV technology, which was first developed for specialty crops like lettuce, strawberries, tomatoes, etc., uses a targeted photomorphogenic signaling. That's a big word right there. This leads to growth response induced by the plant's response to different parts of the light spectrum. So this technology is based on 20 years of science and seven years of large-scale field validation. They've tested light-treated seeds on more than 3,000 United States field plots over the course of three growing seasons since 2021, with an average yield increase of 15% in corn and 12% in soybeans. So we talked a little bit about UV light and different types of light in...
1: Um, I thought they were using UV light to kill the weed seeds. Well, it was to get it
0: to break open oh, yeah, in the fall you know, so sure. that it would... You're right. So, yeah, that that was a different way. It was using a similar idea but to get it to grow when it doesn't have a chance to survive. Like it won't tricking to, the weeds. won't go to seed, whereas this is more to get um, different... Uh, i trying to think of a, the good word for it. Different parts of the seed to do different things. It's almost like a genetic type manipulation without having to actually go into the plant because they're triggering it using light saying, hey, you should do this now. And in the same way that it could kill a seed by triggering at the wrong time, this is hoping to get the the seed going at the right time. So it's interesting how the two sides of this technology, but... um, Treatments for their cultivators and in-seed treatment will be commercially available next year for a broader market in 2024. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes and what uh, what kind of things we can really see out of it. All right, now we'll move into our Ag History Minute. It's our second podcast of June Dairy Month, and as we continue on, we'll talk a little bit about the June breakfast on the farm tradition. So Wisconsin's June Dairy Breakfast on the Farm tradition dates back to 1970 when the Clever Clovers 4-H Club in Jefferson County, Wisconsin, was looking for a project for the annual Pure Milk Association Dairy Promotion Contest. Somehow, the idea of inviting a few city folks to from nearby Fort Atkinson to a breakfast on the farm took hold, and Craig and Laura Bean and their children, Tom and Marsha, offered their Holwis Farm at Fort Atkinson as a site. The Fort Atkinson Chamber of Commerce sent members invitations to visit a dairy farm and have a free breakfast, limited to the first 100 people that call. The event was a booming success, as 155 people actually attended. were fed scrambled eggs, Jones Farm sausage, Tuesday morning cake, which was Laura's recipe, milk, and strawberry sundaes. And the clever colovers four H won the dairy promotion contest. Idea spread across the state, and except for a slowdown a couple of times when fears of foot and mouth disease were present, the and the recent pandemic, they've are back on schedule for this year. You guys remember when foot and mouth was a thing? That was we were yeah. in high school, Todd yeah. and I were when that was kind of a bigger deal.
3: Bill, you would were you in college or were you just Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Living in the dorms would be a real bad place to be when hoof and mouth came <laughs> around, huh?
1: I don't remember. They canceled dairy breakfast still for that? I don't remember I don't, that. I don't being, remember that. And maybe there's limited I, where you could go yeah. on
0: the farm. They may have had a... Well, I, the reason I remember it so, so well is I was a high school and for French Club, we went to France that year. Oh, yeah. And um, coming back, a friend of ours was super happy because he couldn't go in the barn for 10 days because he had been traveling, France—that yeah, was, yeah. was a thing. So I imagine that was something like that. that They asked yeah. if you were, if you've, you've been traveling, or you know, if you, not to go from farm to farm, or you know, what have you. But
1: all right, thanks, Matt, and thank you to all our listeners out there. Please subscribe and tell a farmer friend. All you need to do is search Tilt Talk Radio in Apple Podcasts or on Android. Download Podcast Addict, Podbean, or Player FM. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio.
0: All right. Now we'll wrap things up with some cool beans. That's corny and some current events. So cool beans.
3: Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans.
0: Cool beans. Our cool beans this week, robot roundup for research, it takes a team effort at Mississippi State University. It's a dairy research center to produce... 369,000 gallons of milk from 200 cows. New team member showing potential for herding large number of cows is a ground robot equipped to navigate pastures and direct herd movement. So don't need your dog anymore. Now you can get a robot. Investigating the possible use of unmanned ground vehicles for safer and more efficient livestock management is the Mississippi State Agricultural and Forestry Experiment Station, the Center for Advanced Vehicle Systems, and the Raspit Flight Research Laboratory. They've been using the ClearPath Robotics Warthog Unmanned Ground Vehicle fitted with cameras and sensors to kind of herd around and move animals. So just a way of helping reduce the labor need for those who deal with animals on pasture and moving them around. So pretty cool. That's corny this week. Summer is near, but the farm bill may be far away. Uh, Even though it's going to be a 2023 farm bill, they are weeks or even months away from drafting that particular bill, uh, which is a late start considering it's how detailed and time-consuming that process can be. Uh, Will likely be the most expensive ever and is expected to be completed or likely to be completed after the September 30th expiration of the current farm bill. So they're going to be a little bit behind the eight ball on getting this one out. Is, most likely,
3: isn't every new farm bill the most expensive farm bill ever? Right, yeah, I would say. It'd right, be most just, likely, just purely based on like inflation and things like that. Like it should be in theory.
1: The farm bill is always hard too because it's got the the SNAP thing in uh, the food program. Yep, Which with is it in way there. More money, right? And, and that's the, uh, part I, of the you know I almost part wish part the they could thing. like pull those apart somehow and it be its own thing.
0: Yeah, it's. It's interesting how that works, but I I suppose, you know, we've talked before on the podcast about school lunches and how that was a boon for the agriculture industry and kind of rolled through. Right. Like at that's one time it, it, it made a lot of sense and now it doesn't now, make as much right, sense. Yeah. Right. The way it started. It, yeah. yeah. And,
1: the, and the, how it started versus how it's going. They related. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, yeah. it just seems like that can be part of the big holdup of it and it has less to do with farmers. All right, and uh, finally, our field good Friday this week is hey, there's
0: a chance of rain. We're we're all hoping and pulling for at Let's least go. one of the three to four chances. Like <laughs> Saturday, like f- three little or bit four of Sunday. All. Yeah. Like listen, I
3: got days. a lot riding on this rain here. We talked about it before in the early part of the podcast. We got a lot riding on this rain, so yeah.
0: but we don't want to jinx it. So you feel like a, like a gambler going? Yes, like it's terrible. Casino. It's
3: like actually no, go, that's fun. <laughs> this is not fun. Like no part of like I'm like. Going to talk to farms to make these decisions and i'm like my stomach's like turning like uh, ah, this week i sat down with a guy and we were doing like going through the chem price about what it was going to cost for us to spray and like i was like ah, god it's got to rain so yeah so yeah
0: hopefully we'll see something there
3: and luckily everybody everybody do your knock here oh
1: yeah Luckily, there's dairy breakfasts going on, yeah. so <laughs> still something to do. I'm going to wash know, my truck today.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Out of, of, of gamey's this weekend, so yes. on Sunday. Classic rain event yes. right there. Yep. Vandahy Dairy here in, just outside of Seymour, so come check it out.
3: Matt will be scooping eggs. <laughs>
0: no, I will not be, unfortunately.
3: All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt.
0: So this week, we talked about current issues out in the field and the moisture issues that hopefully will be fixed by this up upcoming potential rain spotlight was uv technology for corn and soybeans to help them grow better ag history minute wisconsin's june dairy breakfast on the farm tradition cool beans is robots that will herd your cattle that's corny farm bill is still a long way away for this year so thanks for listening and as always happy farming